Hi everyone, um, Darren here. Um, welcome to Hawks Insiders Draft Night Two. Probably not as eventful as Draft Night One, but we've got a few picks in. Um, love to chat with my co-host. We've got Danny Prins on the line. Danny, how are you feeling about tonight's haul? Yeah, Daz. Um, uh, quietly confident actually. I think we've uh, we've picked up a couple of really good uh, prospects, and and um, in the pre-draft. But write-ups that I had for Hawks Insiders, I identified Hustweight as a potential option at our twenty pick 24, and we've managed to get him um, considerably later than that. And I also had Bailey McDonald as one of the uh, options for a late pick, and uh, we've gone in that direction. So feeling a mild sense of vindication, but also excitement with having, um, you know, another three uh Classy young young men coming into the into the footy club, and it's always exciting when you can bring in a draft hall of five kids. So, um, yeah, really excited. Uh, looking forward to chatting about it. Sounds great, and um, we've got Brad as well joining us. Are you a bit more upbeat tonight, Brad, about this draft hall? Yeah, actually, like the picks tonight, uh, as Princey said, Hasweight uh, uh, looks really classy. Uh, I think he was rated in the top 25 by many, 195-centimetre midfielder. Lacks pace, but his skills look really good, which is what we really need. Uh, I like the later pick as well, as Princey said, Bailey McDonald, half-backman with a lot of pace. I reckon you pop him on a half-back with CJ. looks quite exciting. One pick which I was a little disappointed with, but we obviously won't know for a couple of years, was uh, the small forward, uh, O'Sullivan. I thought Harry Lemmy was available, who Carlton actually took with their next pick. 200-centimetre key forward, which is one area I've been saying for a while, we lack depth. We've probably got the worst key position forward stocks in the league. And Lemmy was early on this year. Prinzi might be able to give a bit more information, but he was rated as a potential top 15 pick. So I was surprised. They didn't take him with that pick. But overall, I reckon the guys look pretty good tonight. Yeah, so just just to recap Hawthorne's draft hall, we got um, pick seven, uh, Cam McKenzie last night, and pick 18, the surprise packet, uh, Josh Weddle. Um, tonight, it's pick 37, Henry Husswaite, pick 46, Jack O'Sullivan, pick 51, Bailey McDonald. It's about to get real confusing down at Bunjilbagora with two C-Macs, a B-Mac, and two Josh Dubs, um, I think it is. Danny, is that? Is, did I miss anyone? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I think I think you uh, I think you nailed it. I think um, you know I, we're going to have to find decent names for some of these guys because we can't have two C Max running around. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, look, all in all, a really interesting draft hand for the Hawks. And um, one of the things that's exciting about it is the first three picks all being. 187, 188 centimetres and above. Um, we have probably lamented the lack of variation in size in our um, in our midfield group. And, and to add three guys that can go through the middle, um, all who are above sort of that average size for an AFL midfielder is, is pretty exciting. And then, um, you know, we don't, we haven't seen much of, uh, of O'Sullivan. Um, he, was a small forward, a small midfielder uh, who played four games, I think, at the start of the year before injuring his shoulder. So uh, there's not a lot of uh, footage or um, information on him. Uh, but 
the Hawks obviously saw something they liked, and um, you know, after bidding on Alwyn uh, Davy Jr., they wanted they were clearly in the market for a small forward, and and that's what they've gone and got. And he'll be somebody that, in terms of taking a spot on the list, will take um, your old favourite Daz Jack Saunders spot, and hopefully he can produce a little bit more uh, in the AFL um, than Jack was able to in his couple of years on the Hawthorne list. Yeah, I think I needed a new Mighty Mouse on the list. Um, there's always a spot for a Mighty Mouse at Hawthorne um, or Box Hill, for that matter. Uh, got a bit to get through tonight, so we'll hopefully have Ash dialing in from Draft HQ where he's going to attempt tonight to put a, the, uh, his, his phone under Mark McKenzie's nose. Um, so let's see how that one goes. And we've also got a special guest tonight, uh, Dylan Bolt, who's um, from the media team at the um, at the Sandy Dragons, who's... Going to give us a bit of a scoop on Cam McKenzie. Just tell tell us a, a bit more about what he's like as a player and as a person. Obviously, a massive Hawks fan growing up, and it would be great to get some insight into into our prized recruit at pick seven. Um, but yeah, we'd, we'd just love to go through um, as a starting point some of the picks tonight. So uh, from the top, pick thirty seven, Henry Husswaite. Um, you want to kick us off, Danny? We've, we've you know left footer. 20-odd disposals, I think, for Vic Country and the Stingrays. Clean skills, composure, comparisons to Scott Pendlebury. But I, I don't think he's much of a speed demon. Is that correct? That's fair to say, yeah. Look, um, definitely pace, not his forte. But um, Husswick brings a lot of attractive qualities in a, in a footballer, things that the Hawks like. He's very good in the contest. And, you know, sitting at 194 centimetres and 84 kilos, he'll probably fill out and end up around 90, 90 odd kilos when he's when he's put on the muscle that these draftees put on. Um, his agility inside traffic is really good, and that's what helps him sort of navigate those little spaces in packs. Um, he's very good at not being caught with the with the footy in his hands. So if you think about how um, you know the comparison to Scott Pendlebury is obviously you know over the top. Um, but it's it's more about the the style that that Pendlebury has, where he finds space and time where others can't. And Husswaite has a bit of that. I think another person at the Hawks who has that you see Will Day when he has um, you know the ball in traffic manages to find those pockets of space that other players can't find. Um, definitely Jager O'Meara could never find those pockets of spaces, and obviously. He always used to get uh, tackled and caught hold, holding the ball. I, I don't think you'll find that too much from Husswaite. He knows how to navigate um, those pockets. So um, very good uh, with the ball in his hand as well. He is composed when he, um, when he uses it. He doesn't blaze away. He often finds a, a short or a medium target instead of just bombing it into the forward 50. And most Hawks fans will, will come to love and appreciate that because we've had too many midfielders who just get ball, kick ball as high and as far as they can. Um, yeah, and his disposal efficiency is really good. Whether it's by hand or by foot, he sees targets and he hits targets. And I think, you know, if you don't have speed uh, as an AFL midfielder, you've got to have a combination of the skills that Hustweight has in order to survive. So, look, I, I really see him as being able to potentially even play AFL footy next year in, in spurts. Um, you know, he's got a lot of competition now because we've just drafted a lot of midfielders in the last couple of years uh, and they can't all play at the same time. But I think, um, as Ash touched on yesterday, Sam Mitchell is not adverse to giving these kids a crack. So 
Um, expect him to have some, you know, a couple of games in the ones and just hone his craft at VFL level. He need, he'll just need to work on that burst speed and, um, you know, build his power base so he can um, take off the mark. So, um, yeah, skills are fantastic. I think we've got Ash actually about to dial in from um, from HQ. So we're just going to mute everyone just in, in case we go off mute and wreck the press conference. Ash? Just wait quietly and I'll stick the microphone under in one second. That changed that. Brady Rawlings has jumped uh, on first. So keep talking, boys. I'll get back to you shortly. All right. For anyone who's just tuned in, um, Ash is going to be attempting to put the microphone under Mark McKenzie's nose, give us a bit of an insight into to some of these picks from tonight. But, Danny, I think you were the one that, that kind of made the, the point and made the joke on Twitter that if you're, if you're tall and a midfielder, Sammy Mitchell wants to have a word with you. And it does seem maybe that we are drafting a certain type of mid. I think if you look at Ned Long as well last year and um, some of some of the, I mean, Huss weights, I think, 190-odd centimetres. So, Brad, do you, do, you, do you think that Sammy Mitchell is targeting a certain type of player? Absolutely, and I agree with Prinzi. Um, I reckon if you look at how poor our midfield's been in the last three years, 2020 was ranked 18th. 2021 13th and then 2022 uh, bottom again. If you look at our midfield now on paper, and I did put the tweet out last night, the core of the midfield now, if you're looking, say, three years' time, is going to be Jai, Josh Ward, Connor McDonald, Cam McKenzie, uh, Husswaite. That is a real good mix of in and under grunt, you know, obviously with Jai and Josh Ward, but then you're going to have those taller, skilled players in McKenzie, uh, uh, Husswade as well. Uh, Long's another one who you mentioned, Daz, as well. I reckon it's brilliant. Uh, Mix and it's Sam's doing what we've been saying should have happened uh, a while ago. And they, he's identified these players. And I reckon they've drafted perfectly to the need of our club. Our midfield was the number one priority to fix over the last couple of years. And we've brought in, in the last couple of years, Josh Ward, Connor McDonald will eventually go in there. Cam McKenzie, Henry Husswaite, uh, I reckon it's brilliant. So our midfield, you know, as of we've been saying over the next two years, we just need to get as many games as possible into these guys. Unfortunately, it's going to put a lot of pressure on your Warples and your Nashes and those guys. I like those guys, but with all due respect, in two or three years' time, I can't see a lot of those guys who have played over the last couple of years in our midfield if you know, the likes of, you know, Ward, McDonald, McKenzie and Husswaite reach their potential. So it's exciting times. It's, you know, we really have lacked the depth in the midfield over the last couple of years. And I know there are a lot of, you know, a few disappointing people, disappointed supporters when we lost Tom and Jager at the same time. But I reckon the future is really bright for the midfield. It's now just, you know, hopefully they reach their potential. The forward line is next because we didn't draft, a, you know, a forward. So the club obviously has a plan. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do with the likes of Scrimshaw and Jekka and maybe even Sicily might play a bit more forward next year. 
you know, after we uh, drafted uh, Weddle, we traded up to get uh, Weddle. He might also be one that might go forward, but the centre half forwards a position we need to fill. We'll talk more, a bit more about Weddle later, but um, Ash is going to come in any hot minute live from HQ with Mark McKenzie. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep talking about that midfield mix. Prinzi, do you think that, um, you know, you, you talk about a, a, a sort of the, the tall guys and then you've got Jack O'Sullivan who's a bit short at 177 but a real tough inside mid. Is, is this really about getting Nick? Do you have a strong connection there with the Chargers this year? No, I had a bit of a laugh about that before. We were telling manager John Bond, um, and he said that we were due to take a couple of Oakland boys, and it was good to get a few more, a few more tonight. Was it all Oakland again? Yeah, look, that wasn't the, the plan. We went through our water, and those are the guys that, that came up for us. So, um, obviously, we had the possibility of potentially coming into the night where we were going to take four or five picks in the end, but... We saw Bailey there at the end and we jumped at that to make it five. Is Hussle a bit of a surprise to be there? Uh, potentially a little bit, yeah. We, we rate you know, Henry um, highly and to bring in another midfielder is important for us and we think he's got a, a point of difference there with his height and his hand. So, yeah, a little bit of a surprise, but you get that throughout the draft normally. Without Cooper missing out, did, you, did, you, did that surprise you that the, um, well, not the beer, but he was picked before 40? Oh, Cooper's had a fantastic year. You know, he's really developed. Um, well, we had a bit of an inkling there was some interest there. And, um, you know, he deserves it because he's, he's had a good year and represented big country. Yeah, he's disappointed he, he didn't get through there um, at the end, but he's had a great year and deserves it. And the, 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 the history books say that it's with the pick that you gave them. Is that just a bit of a comic or some side note? Yeah, I haven't even looked into that quite yet. We've got a bit of other stuff going on, but yeah. Really, we just wish Coop all the best and hopefully he has a good career. Is that crossed your mind last night, though, when he made the trade that you're in the spots? No, not really. We, we looked at the trade about um, how it was and obviously to come up and, and, and grab Josh. So we're yeah, very happy with the trade to get Josh and pumped to get you know two first-rounders. That was a big thing for us to try and you know use the strategy of getting back in and, and to do that and grab Josh. We're just pumped to get those two guys, especially in the first round. You're putting the bid on Owen Damien Cunha, obviously. Did you expect him to slide that far into the order, or did you think you said a point where we thought we have to, we have to do something, you have to stop him going too far back? Oh, we we thought he might get bid probably before that. Um, obviously, he'd, he'd be a positional need for us as well um, if, if it came to us. But, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise that he got through for there, so it was a bit of a, um, for one, who was next, so we pick him. You guys are fast-tracked a lot of what you're doing. Sam McKeon doesn't seem to be wanting to wait around at all. I mean, how busy is this period been for you guys? I've just been frantic with all your first-round picks, getting to the second round again. I mean, you tell us through what it's been like working on Sam in this little period. Yeah, it's been, there's been plenty on, and that's great. The constant conversations that, that you have lead you to sort of tonight and makes it a bit easier with your plan and all that going through. But um, Sam's been fantastic. You know, he's been heavily involved for the last two or three months just giving us insights from his point of view vision, interviewing the guys, so um, especially doing that the last two years has, has helped us dramatically, but like you said, yeah, there's no, um, you know, we want to go as fast as we can in this transition period and we, we won't hesitate for that and um, we'll keep moving forward and no ceiling of what we can achieve. There might be some more talent to come through, obviously, in the coming years, depending on where you finish, but do you feel like Sam's now got a core nucleus that he's ready to get his hands into and it's his team? Yeah, like we're, we're a younger group, obviously, with the transition, especially from last year to this year, but even the last three or four years, but um, even positionally, we think we're well balanced, especially after tonight, after the national draft. So 
we feel like we've got a good you know, competition for spots going on at the moment with our guys. So Sam will work it out um, and go from there. But competition for spots is important for our group. I can't give you the exact point, but obviously a lot higher than, yeah. than where we picked him at pick 18. Um, and again, to get you know, two first-round draft picks was important for us. So we rate Josh highly. He could be, you know, we see him more of a utility type yeah. rather than, I know there's been mentioned about a key defender, but, you know, his athletic profile is, you know, he's quick, he's got high endurance, he's 192. Uh, he can play up on the wing, he can play forward, he can go in the mid and obviously go back. So we, we've got high hopes for Josh. Is there any indication where it might have been 12 or 8 months ago? I mean, is he absolutely comfortable? He came through a different pathway a little bit, Josh, just from through Nabi, and, and he did grow to get that size a bit later. So, um, And especially with the interruptions with the seasons the last couple of years, he probably wasn't front of mind as a lot of the other boys were probably 12 to 18 months ago. But for what he's shown this year and even you know his temperament and composure, um, he's a mature young lad, so uh, he's done really well to develop over 12 months. We look at Jerome Lawrence as well. As we're well, we're still working through that at the moment, so we'll go through, go back and see what's happened tonight and um, look at ours. We'll have, um, we'll do some this movements here and there, potential upgrades, so we'll do that over the next sort of 12 to 24 hours. If you with five picks this year, you right in the heart of your hitting the draft stage. With five picks, yeah, we haven't we haven't selected five picks for a very long time. Um, and as I said, we'll go into this period tonight whether it was going to be that four or five at this point. But seeing Bailey there at the end, we just wanted to jump at that. Um, so having five is yeah rarity for us, but we're very very happy with the guys that we brought in. Probably most important that there's a bit of balance there. There's some utilities, forward, couple of midfielders from there, so we think it adds to our group very well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, So that there was the voice of Mark McKenzie, and I think I heard Ash asking a few questions there, maybe sneaking in a Jerome Lawrence question. But just to recap there, Mark McKenzie talking about the you know taking five picks, it's a bit of a, a bit of a rarity for for Hawthorne. Um, you know the, the the two Oakley Chargers boys in um, in Josh Weddle and and also Bailey McDonald. Um, you know the how highly they ranked. Um, Henry Hustwaite um, offers a bit of a point of difference. Uh, I guess a bit of a sense of disappointment in not being able to pick Cooper Vickery. Um, but uh, Mackenzie said he had a great year and he really deserves uh, getting picked up by the Swans. Um, getting two first rounders and the, the importance of, of and the strategy that Hawthorne had of getting back into the first round with another pick. Um, the, that's... That sort of uh, cheeky bid on Alan Davy Jr., who ended up at the Bombers at pick 45, and um, Mackenzie speaking about how it was a bit of a surprise how he got through. Um, yeah, the, the the kind of speed of the rebuild and talking about how um, you know there's, there's kind of no speed limit, echoing some of the words of Sam Mitchell said in the past about that. Uh, looking at a, a sort of more well balanced squad, he thinks there's a lot of competition for spots. Uh, talking about Josh Weddle being a steal at pick 18, the club really rated him highly, uh, a great athletic profile, um, really high hopes for him in the future. Um, took a bit of a different pathway, um, Mackenzie mentioned, in terms of growing um, a, 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 bit, a bit more in the, in, in the couple of years before he was drafted. I think he grew probably 12 centimetres in, um, in, in in during the pandemic. Um, and then, uh, you know, just 
talking very briefly about uh, Jerome Lawrence and uh, a player that they're going to look at over the over the next twelve to twenty four hours. Um, so, what did you make of uh, Mackenzie's comments there, Danny? I think that was a pretty comprehensive summary. Yeah, it's good to get um, live in in real time. Uh... You know, uh, information straight from from Mark McKenzie, and I guess that's uh, the benefit of um, having Ash in the space and being able to do something like that for us. But um, you know, probably nothing um, out of this world. I, I think the fact that you could really tell that they they raided Cooper Vickery, and it's a shame that they couldn't get him. I think you know he doesn't give away much, Mark McKenzie, but I feel like with his tone and 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 the and what he said there, they, the Hawks were pretty keen on on bringing in Vickery. So um, it's a shame we missed out on him, but um, life goes on. I think they definitely rated Hustway and Weddle um, higher than what they were able to draft them. And obviously Bailey McDonald as well. Um, they were tossing up whether to take four or five picks, but with Bailey McDonald on the board and available, they just felt like they had to jump in and get him. So I think that speaks a lot about um, how highly rated Bailey McDonald probably was, and and um, we'll probably talk about him later. But um, really, come from the clouds. I played a bit of school footy, a um, little bit of uh, NAB league, and then straight into the Vic Metro team for the last game. And um, you know, did some really eye catching things. And I think Hawks fans will really enjoy watching him play because he's just super quick. And uh, you know, some players have that ability where they test and they're really quick. So they do a twenty meter sprint. And they they're very fast, but you don't see it in game. I think with Bailey William, uh, Bailey McDonald, the way that he plays, you see that pace in the in his style of play, and he'll break the lines with running and carrying and kicking long. So um, that's uh, that's one to be excited about late in the draft too. And what do you make of those comments around Jerome Lawrence? It did sound like there's a, a bit of interest there. Yeah, definitely think there's interest. I think, you know, again, Mark McKenzie's not going to give that away for free, is he? Like, um, he's got to keep his cards close to his chest because other clubs can still come in and pick Jerome Lawrence if they want to ahead of our pick um, in, picks in the rookie draft. So um, he'll he'll keep his cards close to the chest. And, and what they'll do is, is what they do, which is there's no emotion attached to it. If he's, um, you know, high on the list of, uh, of of their draft talent, they'll they'll select him. If he's not, they probably won't. So um, we'll wait and see tomorrow. I think sort of late mid mid afternoon um, they they do the rookie draft and the preseason draft tomorrow. So that's that's one to watch. Look from a fan's point of view, we love father son picks, don't we? So um, you know, being able to have the son of um, you know uh, another hawk um, player in Jerome Lawrence on the list, you know, to go with Finn McGuinness, I think is is something that we would love to see. Uh, whether or not the Hawks go with it is another question. Is, I mean, the fact that he's kind of slipped through now into to the rookie draft, um, what does that say about him as a player? Do you, do you think it would be a bit of a romantic pick? Oh, he's a project. There's no doubt about that. He's a late, he's a late bloomer, uh, a late developer. He showed some signs this year, but um, dropped off the, you know, off the off the pace a little bit because of injury uh, in the middle of the year and. Um, yeah, it's a little bit like O'Sullivan is when, when you have those injury interrupted seasons and you can't put together that body of work, you often slip. So I don't think anybody was expecting him to go in the top 40 or anything like that. Um, he was always going to be a late pick or a rookie. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we go with, uh, with Lawrence. But I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get picked by the Hawks to see him training at Box Hill. 
Um, we have a bit of an agreement with father sons and, and NGAs that don't make the grade at AFL level. That box he'll have have the ability to take him. So um, yeah, probably see him at some stage in selected by a brown and gold team. I think. Yeah, and we we might hear a bit more from Ash later on. He said that Mitchell bailed him up and wanted his thoughts. I don't know if I'm allowed to actually repeat that, but um. Isn't that great that one of our own gets bailed up by Sam Mitchell to get his thoughts on the draft? Um, sadly, one of the, that'll probably never be me. But um, we've got Dylan um, joining us from, from the Sandy Dragons. Dylan, you're, you're one of the uh, media managers there, right? Yes, yes, I am. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I hit you up earlier today just to get your thoughts on Cam McKenzie. Obviously, we're super excited about him joining the club as a lifelong Hawks supporter. Um, what can you tell us about Cam and how, how well did you get to know him at Sandy? Yeah, he's an, he's an absolute star. Um, he probably played second fiddle to, to Will Ashcroft all year, really. Um, I think it was a, a pretty widely um, believed perspective that, that Ashley was the best prospect in the draft. Obviously, Cadman went one, but um, Mackenzie sort of, I guess, beat in Ashcroft's shadow for most of the year, um, which which worked for us Hawks fans because it meant he slipped to, to us at seven. Um, a, a really good, really strong um, strong player. Has a mix of inside and outside. Does his best work on the inside, though. Um, great overhead. Hits the scoreboard as well. I think we've uh, we've really got a good player in McKenzie. So, Dylan, you're a Hawks fan as well? Yes. Yes, I am. Absolutely. So, that was a... Uh, we got we had Max Ramsden picked up in the mid season draft, so he was out of our program at Sandy, and then um, obviously Cam McKenzie now. So two for the two for the year, which is a, a pretty good result, I reckon. It's a pretty reasonable haul from Sandy. I think you've got um, obviously Will Ashcroft and Harry Sheasel, Cam McKenzie in the top ten there, and then uh, Ollie Hodden, who is pretty high, highly rated and, and, and picked up by the Saints in pick thirty five. Some some say that he slid. Slid back and could have been picked up a bit early, and then Toby Toby McMullen uh, as well. So uh, yeah, a pretty pretty good draft crop there at Sandy. Yeah, yeah, it was um, last season. We had I think we broke the record with with twelve. Um, this season, I don't think we'll get there. Even with there's probably another one or two players that'll that'll get a look in the rookie draft tomorrow. But um, yeah, I think we've got eight at the moment, um, and probably finish on on nine or ten. So yeah, it's a great program. Um, it's got access to elite facilities. Obviously, we're based out of RCA Park there, so have a uh, a good relationship with the Saints um, and use the use the deck there and the gym. And then we've also um, started a, a partnership with Foundry Athletic, which is a, another, um, I guess, state of the art gym in the area. Um, so the boys get access to great facilities, great coaches. Um, it's a yeah, it's a pretty good program we've got set up there. Dylan, you touched on it before, but um, can you go into a little bit more detail on why Hawk, the Hawks fans uh, listening today should be really excited about uh, Cam McKenzie? What sort of um, player is he and what sort of character is he? Yeah, he's a, he's a ripping guy. He, um, he he took a while to warm up initially, uh, but once he sort of found his groove, he he made a, a specific point of targeting the first four weeks of the, of the NAB League season. So the way it sort of works, um, we lose a lot of players to the APS competition, so First four weeks, um, everyone's available for selection in the NAB League. Um, so Cam put in a, a pretty good shift that first month and then went back to school um, and played with Brighton Grammar where he was um, he was a star. He's one of the best players in the competition there. Um, again, though, he was he managed, he was the top dog for Brighton. Um, so got, a, I guess, a, a bit more of a run at it there. Um, came back and, and didn't miss a beat with Sandy either after that. So 
he managed to balance the uh, the APS commitments and the and the NAB league commitments really well. But he's a yeah he's a, he's a great great fella. Um, always up for a chat. Really good down to earth guy. Um, you know he's been spoken about as a draft prospect for a number of years now and, and never let that get to his head. Um, super hard worker. One of the first out in the track. One of the last to leave. Um, brings his teammates into the game too. So yeah, I think we've got a, a real a real good player in Cam. Yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of people thought that we we would go with um, either Tadas or Philippou there with that pick seven and McKenzie in a way came from the clouds a little bit, but obviously you didn't seem to have any doubt that he would go to the Hawks that that high, or were you were you still a bit unsure when it when it came to draft night? Yeah, I was still a little bit unsure. I thought, um, as you mentioned, I think the the one that Essendon didn't take out of Sardis and, and Philippo, I thought we were a big chance to look at as well. Um, but I think in the end, like looking at, at the midfield we've already got at Hawthorne with, with Newcomb and, and the likes of Ward and Warple and these sorts of players, I think Cam will really, um, he'll work really well with him. I think he'll complement the skills that we've already got there. Um, he's a, as I mentioned, he's a bigger body, but he's, he's got that, um, I guess the offensive impact to hit the scoreboard too, that perhaps the midfield we've got at the moment doesn't quite um, have developed yet. So, I think Cam kicked, uh, would have been close to 10 goals on the year um, as a midfielder. So, yeah, I think we've got, he's one of those really powerful um, burst out of the stoppage type guys that I think will really complement what we've already got, um, which will be awesome. Is there a particular game or moment that really stands out to you from from his his season? Um, There's probably two. Um, So there was a a day um, probably in the middle of the year against the Western Jets down in, in Williamstown, uh, which was the game where Will Ashcroft had 51 disposals and broke the record there. Watching live before you sort of get to all the stats and whatnot, the general consensus, I guess, amongst players and coaches um, and staff on the day was that Cam was just as good as Ashcroft was. So Ash, had 51 and, and broke the record, but Cam, I think, had 35 and, and kicked a couple of goals and just the difference in how the side operated um, going from, you know, the, the month before where Cam was, was missing with APS uh, commitments. He, he just changed the whole dynamic of the team. And towards the end of the year, we ended up having obviously Ashcroft and McKenzie, but Ollie Hotton too, as you mentioned before, sort of were all up and running in the midfield, which which worked really well. Um, but then his grand final as well was, was awesome. Ashcroft himself said um, that he thought Cam was probably the one that, that should have won or could have won the, uh, the best on ground medal that day. I think he had... 26 disposals and a couple of goals. Um, he was just—he's—he's he's the sort of player that really thrives on the big stage, I think, and he's made a—he's made a, um, a that a real focus of his this season. So, hopefully, he can continue that in the brown and gold. It's interesting though that you mentioned Ashcroft and, and sort of you know, it's it's hard to to overlook a player that gets 50 odd touches in a game. But do you think if Ashcroft wasn't in the team, McKenzie may have gone a bit higher up? Uh, it's, it's a good question. I think. You know, there's only so many possessions and disposals you can get on a day. Um, and when Ashcroft's taking up 35, 40 of those, it obviously leaves um, a little less of the ball to get with Cam. But um, I think, you know, in one perspective, you go, oh, he's, he's played second fiddle all year and he hasn't really had to deal with a tag or anything like that, um, which probably helps him in terms of developing. But, yeah, as you said, he, um, he potentially, you know, if Ashcroft isn't there or isn't as good as he was, you know, all of a sudden he's probably been looked at in the top five or so picks. Um, I think his Vic Metro carnival was really solid as well. He's the sort of player that he just doesn't play a bad game, um, which I think is is what helps separate him from the rest of the crew, um, especially looking at the rest of the top ten last night. Bailey Humphrey 
has had some um, inconsistencies with his game, um, especially defensively throughout the year. Um, Filippo obviously was another that had some question marks over his consistency. So I think, um, yeah, McKenzie's a, a really good find for us. Now, Dylan, you're a Hawk supporter. We're all Hawk supporters. And, uh, and Cam is a Hawk supporter as well. Um, did you, A, did you bond with him over your um, liked or shared interests? And B, um, how do you think, you know, without speaking on his behalf, how do you think he's feeling being able to live out every Hawks fan's dream of being drafted by the club that you love? Uh, he's absolutely buzzing. I spoke to him last night and again this morning um, with the with the press conference he had to do this morning. He's um, yeah, he's on top of the world. He uh, he was we bonded all year over he and obviously Shees as well. Um, Harry Shees were both Hawks fans, so I mean, in an ideal world, they both land at the club. But yeah, Cam was um, yeah, he's over the moon. Um, can't wait to get stuck in. As is his, I guess his um, his attitude towards. Footy and wanting to get the best out of himself, um, but yeah, he's uh, he's wrapped a bit the club and Maxi Ramson's wrapped to have him there as well. I think. Yeah, it does seem like we're building a. Um, it, it's kind of the criteria now for for Sam Mitchell just drafting Hawks fans. I'm wondering, Dylan, um, just given how much um, of, of of that level of footy that you've watched, whether any of the other draft picks um, that Hawthorne have picked up have have kind of come across your your radar at all. Yeah, so Josh Weddle um, has a little bit. He uh, he put in a really really good shift um, in the national champs. He was I thought he was the standout defender um, in that in that tournament for for Vic Metro. So he's a he's a player that I, I guess we've sort of heard about it since he's been picked up. But he's got heaps of upside. Um, can play a variety of positions. Has done his best work in defence, which. Must admit, when I saw we'd, we'd traded up the order to get him, I thought it was a little bit bizarre given the, um, I guess, the luxuries we've got in defence at the moment. But yeah, he's he's got a lot of upside. Um, another really down to earth guy that I think will attack the preseason hard. Um, in terms of the other, other two or other three, um, I haven't had a lot to do with Bailey McDonald, so I can't really speak on on his behalf. Um, Hustwaite, Henry Hustwaite is another who I guess slid um, was sort of widely. Believed um, amongst amongst footy circles, he's um, another smooth. He's been compared to Scotty Pendlebury, I think, but that's a a pretty apt comparison. Um, really cool, calm, collected customer. So between him and Cam, I think that's a hopefully um, hopefully we've got a couple of pretty handy ball users there as well, which will will help the likes of Mitch Lewis and um, Cosy if he's forward. Um, these sorts of players uh, going into twenty twenty three. Dill, we really appreciate you jumping on, mate, and we'll uh, we'll let you go with uh, one more question. Um, just looking forward um, to 2023, give us a couple of names of Sandringham Dragons players, hopefully Hawks supporters, that we should keep an eye out for in, in next year's draft crop. Um, that might be around the pointy end of the draft. Yeah, so there's probably two or three that are <coughs> standing out at the moment. Um, Riley Sanders is one. He, <coughs> pardon me, he's come from, from Tassie, so moved to... To Melbourne Grammar, um, got a scholarship there, so he's been playing footy there. But he's uh, he was a part of the Premiership team this season. Again, didn't really get the the opportunities that he might have um, and that he'll get this year because of the likes of Ashcroft and McKenzie. But he's a really good inside mid that we could certainly have a look at. Um, Archie Roberts is a an excitement machine, plays um, in defence, but his running carry and ball use is is pretty. Pretty exciting. And then Will Brown's another one. Um, really came to the fore in the final series last year, but he's another that would be worth keeping an eye on, I think. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Dylan. I actually do have one more question. Um, Ash said that there was a palpable 
sense of excitement um, from Cam when Josh Weddle was drafted. I'm wondering if there's any connection there between the two players. Did they, uh, is there a friendship or did they just play a bit of footy together or is, is Cam just across um, you know, the other players in the draft and was just excited as a Hawks fan of, uh, about Josh joining? Yeah, so they they played with each other at Vic Metro, um, and uh, Josh is obviously an Oakley Chargers boy. So there's a, a pretty strong relationship between the Dragons and, and Chargers in the NAB League. So they've definitely crossed paths. Um, but as you mentioned, I think you know at the end of the day, Cam's a footy fan like we all are as well, um, and he's across across a lot of the guys in the draft. So um, yeah, I think it's a combination of both. He's probably uh, pumped to to play alongside Josh. But yeah, there's certainly a a bit of a connection there already. Well, we won't keep you too much longer. And thanks so much, um, Dylan, for joining us. Really appreciate it. And I think we're going to have to cross back to you through the year and just get some updates on on the other kind of sort of NAB League and Sandy Sandy boys that are coming through. Um, it's been great having you on um, on Spaces tonight. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Looking forward to chatting again soon. Cheers, Dylan. And um, yeah, we've got Jack, uh, Ash joining us in in five to talk about his brush with. Um, Sammy Mitchell and give us a bit more colour from from um, Draft HQ. But I wanted to, to, to go next to our pick 46, and um, uh, that's Jack O'Sullivan, a tough inside midfielder, um, had a bit of a shoulder injury, which I think um, sort of saw him slide up the board, uh, but has a big vertical leap, um, even though he's um, coming in at 177 centimetres, so the new Mighty Mouse. Uh, Danny, what insight can you give us into, into Jack? Yeah, not too much. I think probably out of everybody, he's the the one I sort of know the least on. Um, but clearly, uh, a, a mid forward who um, you know is is a power athlete. And I think if you have a look at probably Bar um, Bar Henry Husswaite, who doesn't have a lot of that real power. Um, everybody else that we drafted in this draft is quick with a burst of speed and, and, um, and, o- and O'Sullivan's no different. Um, smaller in stature at 177 and, and, and like 71 kilos dripping wet. So he's, he's definitely not a, a, a built player, um, but nimble, um, really clean hands, uh, good in a stoppage and, and can kick a goal as well. And I think, um, you know, we're looking for small forwards or, or, or players that can play a bit of that mid forward role. You want somebody who likes to tackle um, and who's tough and hard. And, and um, you know, from everything I've read on O'Sullivan and seen on O'Sullivan, he, he absolutely doesn't mind getting stuck in. And I think, you know, our defensive pressure um, from our small forwards over the last sort of year or two hasn't been incredible. We've got a couple that are good at it and then others that maybe not so much. So being able to, um, bring in another young, small player who is happy to, to crack in and stick a tackle is, uh, is always welcome. So moving on to our fifth pick of the night, um, and this is pick 51, Baylor McDonald. I think this is a trade, right, for future for a future Correct. fourth? Future fourth round pick, which, um, which is a good trade. I mean, no matter which way you look at it, you'd trade from the fourth round into the third round, uh, you've, you've had a win in that trade. So um, after probably arguably overpaying to bring in uh, Weddle yesterday, I think we've, uh, we've had a win on, on this trade as well, Daz. Yeah, and another Oakley Chargers product, which is, which is pretty interesting. And I think if you look at the draft profile, we're, we're drafting players from this sort of Eastern um, catchment. Brad, do you think there's a strategy behind that? I mean, you look at the Saints and they're picking 
players from South Australia and, and just given what happened with Horn Francis um, and, and flight risks are a real, a real issue now. And I think the Hawks, Hawks have drafted really smartly in looking at even, not even kind of going too far away from, from Bunjil Bagora. Absolutely. I think it's the smart thing to do. I know I've spoken about it in our uh, group previously. We've seen in the last few years, you mentioned Jason Horn francis uh, Isaac Rankin's now gone home. Luke Jackson's ended up back in Perth only after a couple of years at the Demons. So I think clubs have been a lot smarter now. Jason McCartney, the list manager at GWS, actually spoke during trade period saying that the GWS Giants now, when they set their draft you know, uh, boards and the talent, they're going to start to look closer to home. They're not going to you know, start drafting players from Perth in uh, South Australia, just with the fact, you know, with the fear factor that these players are going to go home. So I think we've drafted quite smartly. Sammy Mitchell was from the Eastern uh, Rangers as well. He obviously knows that yeah, uh, area well. But as we heard uh, Dill talk about uh, before, the teams like the Dragons and the Chargers seem to be really strong at the moment. The last few years, you know, a lot of the top-end talent have been drafted from those two clubs. So I'm sure, you know, Sam has sort of targeted those, you know, teams. And, yeah, so very smart drafting. And like you've mentioned, I, I reckon this draft uh, we've seemed to have nailed in last year's draft, I reckon, with this year's draft, will hopefully set us up in, you know, three to four years' time. Uh, we've got Ash joining us from um, HQ. Ash, you there? Yeah, can you hear me, Harry? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I can, Ash. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, so uh, it was. Uh, it's all sort of done and dusted now. The clubs are falling out. I think if you want to, if you're in the dock bands area, you want to get yourself down to platform 28. Uh, I think there might be a bit of recruiters. Uh, Debrief over a few quiet ones happening. Oh, several clubs, people seem to be heading towards Platform 28 to tell war stories already. But I think, uh, as we heard from Mark McKenzie, the Hawks are right in the heart of their uh, hitting the draft strategy with five players. And I don't have my uh, AFL record season guide in front of me, which is wrong, considering that's my employer. But uh, it be a long time since Hawthorne's had five picks in the in, in five active draft picks. Um, someone out there might actually know the answer to that. If you do, pipe up and let us know. It's been a while. Um, have managed to catch up with a couple of Hawthorne people quietly in a side corridor at the end. They're absolutely thrilled with what they've done. Their thinking is that uh, in Weddell, and I think O'Sullivan, they said, they've got a bit of mongrel in them, and uh, that's what they really wanted, sort of out their personalities. And, and I had the chance to talk to Weddell today. And, and I sort of suggest this that was my thought last night from seeing um, Mackenzie's reaction when they drafted Weddle and from talking Weddle to himself, he's going to, he's going to be one of the alpha males in that locker room and uh, backed up by the Hawthorne people who said he will be, at, he, he's got some mongrel about him. They will play him as a, on the wing, um, which is not to say he won't trouble uh, pinch it down in the back line, but I think they think they've only got two genuine wingmen on the list being Amon and Morrison. So Weddle will come in and be that tall sort of wingman initially. They're really impressed with his with his size and his attitude. So they seem to think they're okay. I suggested to one of the recruiters, said, uh, what do you think? And I said, I think you're a bit light on for forwards. He said, no, oh, we've got plenty of forwards. Um, but I did hear Matt Rendell very quickly now on SEN, just as I got into my car, saying that uh, Hawthorne have uh, a complete list of running halfbacks. But... Uh, Hawthorne would seem to think they're 
this has a lot more versatility than that. But it was great to chat um, to uh, Josh Weddle today. I'm going to quickly call, I took some notes from our conversation if I could call them up. So he um, he thinks he's got decent endurance. Um, that's why he thinks himself playing in the wing in the midfield. So I think I disregard all the labels about him being a key defender. That might be where he was drafted, but Hawthorne have other plans for him. Good overhead, and I think I'm a decent ball user. Um, he thinks that he uh, his reason for his improvement this year was confidence in my ability and my skills to put it out there on the track, and I think that's what helped me to get to the next level. Um, he said he tested well. He really set himself for the combine. Um, and he trained with Tasman Lewis. So there's a bit of breaking news for us here on Hawk Insiders that um, Tasman Lewis, the Olympian, also a big Hawthorne supporter, uh, he did he did some training with her in the lead up to the combine. So it certainly played out because he tested really, really well. Um, and said, yeah, helped with his running. And um, that was uh, more or less what he said. He's a North Melbourne supporter, which uh, made a bit of a laugh was that he could have saved everyone a whole lot of trouble by him going to North Melbourne and Harry Sheasel coming to Hawthorne. Um, he played on Sheasel a couple of times, and uh, from all reports, he did all right in Sheasel when he played him too, playing for Oakley. So that was the sort of the guts of the uh, chat I had today to to, to Josh Weddle. But I think the Hawks are really pleased with what they've done over the last uh, couple of days. We heard with Mark McKenzie, there'll be some list elevations going through overnight, I think, or first thing tomorrow morning. I think the rookie draft is at 3 o'clock, so before then. I think there might even be, Danny, if I'm right, there's a, another free agency period opening up tomorrow. Is that right for a few uh, hours? Well, there's a pre, pre-season draft as well that happens before the rookie draft. So I'm not sure if there's a free agency period. I would have thought that you'd just put them through the pre-season draft. But uh, who knows with uh, the amount of different machinations that they have about bringing players onto the list these days. Anything is a possibility, Ash. Yeah, that's right. So... Um... Yeah, so not much, not much, uh, lot else for me to report because I was trying to concentrate on the draft as a whole. Cooper Vickery, the Swans, um, really like him. Simon Dalrymple, their recruiting manager, said they had him rated in the top 12 or 13 players in according to their rankings. I mean, all the clubs lie a little bit and tell a few fibs now, but they really like Vickery. They said he, um, some difficult, he played under difficult circumstances. He said he lives in Orbos. So I don't know how well everyone's familiar with their Victorian geography, but Orbos is somewhere in the far east of the state. And he had one game he played where he played quite well. He had to play in Wangaratta. He travelled to Wangaratta from Orbos on the day of a game and played really well. So they said just given his, where he lived, it was really difficult for him to, to train to play to the, to the best that he could. So they think, you know, once they settle him down in that city environment, um, that they'll be that they'll get the, the very best out of him, so that was the taking on there. And it's, it's, of course, with the change of the rules now, if if uh, with an NGA player, if uh, if they picked in the top forty, then there's no right for the other team to try and match the bid. So Hawthorne uh, miss out. I think they were disappointed, but not, not overly perturbed by it. Um, I think they're happy with uh, Hust Wade. I think he's a bit, his personality. I think is a bit of the opposite of. Of Weddles from uh, they're going to have to work hard to, to bring him out of it, but I think they look at the uh, at what he's at what he's like when he's at his best uh, as a player who can bring something to the team. I know on the draft telecast they were likening him to Scott Pendlebury, but uh, well, let's hope he's a, a tenth as good as Scott Pendlebury than Hawthorne might have a player. But um, yeah, so that that's it. They'll do a little bit tomorrow, I think, um, and then get on with it. But uh, as, as Mark McKenzie said in the presser that he gave, that it really is. 
it's Sam Mitchell's list now. He's had two drafts, enormous turnover. I haven't done the sums, but I'm not sure how many players are left now from uh, from 2021 on the list, but it's enormous turnover. The list is more or less how they want it. We think they'll probably go to the draft once more next year with a top-end player somewhere between pick one and six, you'd think, will be their first pick next year. They've kept that. Um, and Danny, I think they've protected themselves. For, they're, they're protected for Will McCabe next year with a second-round pick. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. They've got the um, second-round pick that's tied to the Western Bulldogs. So based on where McCabe's rated now, if it stays similar, um, there's a fair chance that um, he would have been bid on before our second-round pick. So, um, yeah, we've sort of cleared that space to allow. And, and I think be prepared for more trades as well. If they if they can get in ahead of a, of a, a bid for McCabe, um, they might move those second- and third-round picks that they have out um, in order to get one a bit bit further up, or or, or do what the um, Brisbane Lions did and, and trade out altogether. Yeah, and you'll see that um, you know the way it works with the draft uh, industrial complex that um, the first of the twenty twenty three draft lists will come out probably as early as tomorrow or Thursday, you'd imagine. Um, but interesting to see who tracks on there and where Will McCabe features on that on that list. So we'll obviously be tracking him. Uh, very closely over the course of the year. So there was a cast of thousands in the Hawthorne draft room. They were willing out a big TV screen at the end of it, so they had all sorts of people in there. Uh, they had more uh, people than they had seats. Uh, and uh, there was one guy sitting in a corner who looked like he was in the dunce's quarter. That was the team manager who was actually sitting in one of the stadium seats as opposed to the the, the table seats in the corporate box sort of towards the back. But uh, no, they're, they're seem to be well pleased. I think I think they're heading over to Platform 28 to celebrate it all, but they've got a lot more work to do in the morning with the uh, to, with some list elevations. And, and then, of course, um, we get round to the rookie draft in the afternoon where Hawthorne are committed to Seamus Mitchell and we'll have probably, I guess, one other pick, uh, Danny, which we think may be Lawrence. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on if they promote um, any of their rookies to the to the primary list um, ahead of that rookie draft. They might open up some space on the rookie list as well. But um, yeah, they they he, he didn't give too much away, uh, Mackenzie. Around, I, I heard you ask him that question about Jerome Lawrence. Um, and and we know that the Hawks, and I said this earlier, Ash, but we know that the Hawks have no emotion when it comes to father son picks and stuff like that. They don't they don't care for the romanticism around it. Um, so it'll be purely if uh, if they rate um, Lawrence at the point where um, where they where they have a rookie spot, I, I guess. Yeah, and there's no major emotional attachment from supporters to Jerome Lawrence like there was Finn McGuinness and uh, others who've played, even though Steve Lawrence was a damn fine player in 1991, not quite the same romance around him as there would be some other father-sons over the journey. Um, but, yeah, so that, that will play tomorrow. I mean, I think they're, despite what the recruiter said to me, I think they're a little bit thin for forwards. I know that's your opinion, Brad, that they don't have enough forwards. So um, if they go down that path tomorrow, that... That I'd like to see that, that that's the direction they'll take tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure. Did, was there any talk, Ash, about uh, Lemmy, who went the pick after uh, Luke O'Sullivan? I thought we'd take him with that pick. 200-centimetre key forward, who early on in the year was rated as a potential top 10 pick. Yeah, I, no. I, again, I thought, Lemmy, I thought when they had the pick there, I thought they'd be chance. But I've, I've, over two, I thought for sure they'd take Ed Allen yesterday when they took Weddle. And then I thought they'd take Lemmy with that pick today because it just stood out as the obvious one as a key forward. But no, they've uh, done their homework like a lot of other teams and, and uh, 
obviously don't rate him. He's had a terrible draft year. He's the complete opposite of a guy like Josh Weddle, who's had a fantastic draft year. Um, but Lemmy's stocks have gone down, gone down the toilet, really, sort of the, over these last uh, last twelve months. Uh, so yeah, as I said, they're, they're happy with where they're at. It's the Sam Mitchell team now, and uh, I think there'll be a lot of experimentation next year. And I think the team we see for round one may not resemble around twenty three team in any shape or, or round twenty four team as it will be now in any shape or form. Well, thanks, thanks so much for, for that, Ash, and for that insight and the kind of insight that you only really get here on Hawks Insiders. Um, I, I realised that in, 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 in having so many guests on and having so much to talk about, um, having Mark McKenzie dial in, um, I'll be through Ash's phone. Uh, I haven't really asked uh, if anyone wanted to have any last any questions and uh, probably the last opportunity now before we wrap up tonight. So... Um, unless there's any questions from, from the Hawks Insiders community, uh, we're going to wrap things up there. Uh, we've got heaps more content coming through the Substack later this week. We've got the AGM coming up, um, that dreaded AGM coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got the rookie draft tomorrow, obviously, and, and uh, a bit to play out there with Seamus Mitchell and Jerome Lawrence. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll continue our draft coverage through the week. And um, I think Bat- Brad's got his best... 22 already. Um, 23. Um, to chat through. Um, on and oh, Are we going to do a Thursday Spaces, Ash? What do we decide? I think we, uh, I think we, we decided, may. We decided no. Okay. We'll let you know if we, if we change our minds. Um, just so much going on in the off-season. But thanks, everyone, for joining us. Big thanks to, to Dylan Bolsch from the, um, from the Sandy Dragons for giving him his thoughts on Cam McKenzie. Big thanks to my co-host, Danny Prinz, Brad Gablanski, and also Ash dialing in from uh, from Marvel from Draft HQ and giving us so much colour and interesting insight into Mark McKenzie and uh, his thoughts on, on, on this new list that we have. And, yeah, it's an exciting time to be the Hawks. And thanks, everyone, for, for their support of Hawks Insiders. Continue um, to, to support us and, and, and drive us forward. So thanks, everyone, and, and have a great night. Thanks for listening.